You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Hey everyone, it's Jessica Tanner here with Heather Maloney. Um, we're missing Mike today because he's at work and well, we're not. So we're going to talk about some softball. We've got episode number 33 for you guys. Um, today we're going to be talking about quality over quantity and what that means for both players, parents, and then even for coaches. Um, so first off, I guess we'll go ahead and get it started, Heather. Uh, what do you think it means when I say quality over quantity? So quality over quantity is so important. I mean, we can go for quantity and just do buckets and buckets and buckets of mindless reps, um, but we're really not gaining anything. We're just doing it for the sake of saying we did something. Uh, quality is where you're going to use not only your body, but your brain to think about what you're doing and um, to be able to be intentional and recognize what, what your body is actually doing, how it's moving, uh, what it's doing right, what it's doing wrong, what it could be doing better. Um, and that's where you're really going to start to make real adjustments and really learn how you're moving and how you, how to move properly. Um, and it, I would rather do, you know, 20 focused, really quality reps than do buckets and buckets of just going through the motions. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Um, going through the motions. So we'll kind of get into both, um, all, I mean, all the different categories, but I think the biggest thing in, quality over quantity is, um, like you guys have heard me say several times, I kind of coach by this. Um, and then even, especially with my private lessons, but bad reps don't make you better. So when we're talking about reps and muscle memory and working at home and working at practice, um, those are all learned skills that are practiced over time by doing them correctly and creating good habits and good, good muscle, muscle memory, excuse me. So if we're just going through and let's say we're working on hitting and we're hacking and hacking and hacking with absolutely no plan or um, no intent, as you mentioned, being intentional, then what, what are we working on? We're, we're hitting just to hit, but um, how are we getting better? Right. So um, let's go ahead and jump into speaking specifically to the players. Uh, I want to capitalize on something you said in terms of being intentional Um what, what does that mean to you, Heather, when you, when you say to be intentional to a player? Um, so to me, being intentional is not only engaging your, your body, but thinking about what you're doing, using your brain and under, even if it's something as basic as, a, as throwing that you've done a million times, you know, I still need to think about, okay, right foot, left foot, you know, arm back throw. Um, there's so many different kinds of throws that it, it really never gets old going through in your brain, what your body is doing. So it's that connection between your body, what it's, how it's moving and what it's doing and your brain telling your body what to do. Yeah. So this is, this is kind of off script, but this is more of a curiosity thing for me. Um, you talked about doing reps and putting in work so that you have your brain telling your body what to do and all that out of curiosity, how many reps do you think it takes to create like a sound foundation, like muscle memory when it comes, let's say, because you mentioned it, let's talk about throwing. How many mm -hmm. reps, like good quality reps, do you think it takes to become like efficient, like sufficient at throwing? Man, um, that's going to vary so much, but I think it's, I mean, I'm going to sort of err on the side of, of more. So, I mean, let's just say we took, um, I don't know, 50 throws or hundred, let's say a hundred throws 
per day. Um, I think that's going to take at least if I'm starting out brand new, I'm going to say it take at least a week or two weeks to kind of get that ingrained in my, in my mind. Cause there's so many different little nuances and steps to each, each movement, whether it's throwing or hitting or what have you. Um, so each little thing, each little part, it'll step of the process is going to need its sort of own set of, of quality reps in order to ingrain that. So, um, I, I, on throwing, especially, especially if you have, um, you're trying to break a bad habit, that's going to take even more. But if we're sort of starting from scratch, I'm going to say, you know, hundred, hundred throws, hundred throws a day, a week or two to kind of get a good foundation to build off of. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then you mentioned on it too, like that's just throwing, like then there's playing catch, there's adjustments that need to be there. And then the fun slash challenging part of softball is there's always something to work on or something to get better at or room to grow. Right. So you talk about throwing, well, then we build into like, um, quick throws or crow hops or all of these different types of throwing. So there's, there's always something that you can learn, um, for the players talking about quality over quantity, um, really, really breaking that down. So that means, that means 20 to 30 really good, good quality focused reps are going to be better than 200 to 300 reps that you didn't put any effort or focus or intent into. You just, like Heather said, went through the motions to get them done. Um, so we want to make sure that every time you pick up the bat or you go to throw a ball, you have a, uh, you have a goal in mind. You have an intent like, Hey, today I'm working on hitting line drives, or I want to focus on uh, my control and hitting my targets or um, throwing harder. So focusing on so- one specific skill or trait, and then making sure that your reps and the drills that you're doing align with that specific goal. Um, one way that you can do that players is if let's, I mean, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have great days, but let's say you go out to work and it, it's, you're, you just don't have it that day. You go to hit and you're working off the tee. Um, nothing's, nothing's going your way. You're on top of the ball. You're under the ball. You're killing the tee. Um, what is something you can do Heather when it's just not working? Yeah. So you either take a break, you know, find something else to do for a few minutes, whether it's, you know, a minute or two or, or longer, or if it's really, you're just really not having a good day at all, you know, put it up for the day. Um, with the intention of saying to yourself today, is not my day. I'm not this, this work is not making me any better. It's in fact, it might be making me worse. So I'm going to come back tomorrow with a refreshed, uh, sort of sense of sense of, uh, frame of mind and come at it and attack it and try to, um, you know, get better tomorrow. Yeah, no, I like that approach. And just like we kind of just touched on, there's so many things that you can work on in softball. If if you're not hitting well, maybe maybe go do some fielding drills or go see if somebody wants to play catch with you. Just change it up to where you're you're still putting in work, you're still getting better, but uh, don't don't continue to do the things that are frustrating you to the point where you just you're creating those bad habits. Because like Heather said, it takes twice as long to break those than it does to create a good habit. Right. And Um, don't feel like if you need to take that break or put it up for the day or switch gears, don't feel like you have failed. Um, it's, it's working smarter, not harder. Um, it's not helping us get better if we're doing, if we're having a bad day and, and we have bad reps. Um, it's, you're not failing at that. You're just 
redirecting so you can be more productive. Don't look at it as, as a failure and that, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm terrible. I can't play. This is, this is stupid. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, you're going to have bad days, redirect, come back harder the next day and, and it'll all even out. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I'm going to derail a little bit, but I think that also just goes to the, the mentality of um, conquering failure in softball in general. And I mean, in life too, but we've talked before about um, like errors on the field and how do you respond and how do you get over them? That is also a learned trait. So when you're putting in these reps that they're not going your way, it's acknowledging like, Hey, I'm not at my best. That's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to get the next one, or I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to come back at it. I'm going to reset. I'm going to refocus. It's the same approach in the game, right? Like you boot a ground ball. Hey, not my best, but here's the good news. I'm going to have an opportunity to do it, do something about it, whether it's this game or next game or during the tournament, not sure, but I'm going to get my mind right so that the next time that ball comes my way, I'm ready. And I'm, and I'm going to finish. I'm going to make that play. Right. Uh, And and practice is a really good way to learn that skill. Yes. And that like, that is absolutely a learned skill. Um, So how do you handle like the, the failures and the challenges and how do you respond to things just genuinely not going your way? Um, Heather, let's jump over to the parents. So when we speak to the parents, um, this goes not necessarily for parent coaches, but for the parents that want to help their kids get better. They want to help their kids at home. They may or may not know what they're doing, how to help them. Um, I'm going to say it again, just because you can never really say it enough. Parents, when your kids are working, bad reps do not make you better. So let's say you're your daughter's a pitcher or a catcher and you're going through these drills and you're on a bucket or you're throwing balls at them and they're just, they're not focused. They're not getting anything out of it. Put the glove down, put the bat down, say, Hey, this isn't working right now. We, we need to take some time to focus and really think about what we're trying to do here. We can come back when you're ready, but it's going to be up to you to let me know when that is. But, but this isn't helping us. And I know um, Mike's not here with us today to kind of speak to that, but he'll tell you that was one of the best things that he did with his daughter because she just eats, breathes, lives, sleeps, um, bleeds softball. And he, she just wanted to go, go, go all the time. But they hit a lag where it was like, Hey, how do we fix this? How do we do this? We're not seeing as much growth here, but she's putting in the work, but we're not seeing the results. And so I know with, um, with Mike's daughter, they took that approach and it was like overnight growth because she realized, Hey, if, if dad's going to go play catch with me, I need to be intentional. I need to play quality catch. Or if I'm going to go pitch, I'm not just going to pitch to throw the ball around. I'm going to pitch to get better and kind of level up. So Um, parents keep that in mind, but Heather, um, let's have you speak a little bit to the parents that don't know what they're doing. How do those parents help their kids? Yeah. So even if you don't, you know, exactly know the the mechanics of a swing or a throw or whatnot, um, you know, your kids. So, you know, you know, when your kid is focused, you know, when they're, um, putting their best effort forth. Um, so I would say constant, start there, concentrate there. Um, and then, and then move on to, you know, asking questions, you know, what, ask your kid, what, what do we need to work on today? Um, do you know what adjustment we should make today or what we should focus on today? And if they can explain that to you and, and then, then you can help them look for that adjustment that they're trying to work on, then you can work together. Um, now, if you don't, if they don't know, or, or you don't know how to look for what, what particular thing, you know, you may need to work on, then that's when you 
should probably, um, you know, ask a, a coach you trust or, a, you know, private instructor or something like that, and just ask them for something very specific, you know, one or two things with, say, their swing that, that need to be worked on and that you can, they can show you and explain to you and that you guys can work, you and your kid can work together to look for and try to, um, to work on. Um, and so you can focus on one or two things at a time. Don't try to focus on, you know, the entire swing at one time, especially, I mean, I, I wouldn't even try to focus on the entire swing at one time. Um, it's, but especially if you're not really quite sure what you're looking at, let's focus in on one, one or two little things at a time. Um, so you can focus on that quality, um, before you move on to the sort of the next thing. Yes, no, absolutely. And I, Heather, I'm going to go ahead and say it because my dad was my coach and my mom played some softball back in her day, but not quite at the level that I grew up playing. And parents, I will be the first to tell you as, as a coach's kid with a mom that was always involved, both with my brother and I growing up playing sports, um, pretty much no matter what age they're at, even starting very young, they know that you don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Like, it, I mean, it, it's, it's just true. They, they know that, Hey, mom or dad didn't play, or maybe they did play, but it's not making sense or it's different. So, um, in that instance, make sure that if you do find someone to take them to, whether it's, um, a team coach or hitting, pitching, catching lessons, whatever it is, get there. Don't just drop them off, take them to their lesson, pull up a chair, soak up as much knowledge as they are, take notes on the exact words that they're being taught, the phrases that way, not only are you, <coughs> excuse me, not only are you a student of the game, you're learning, you're learning how to help them, but then you are a direct reflection and um, of what they're learning at lessons so that they see you putting in the time, the effort, the focus during their lesson so that when you're working at home, you've got those notes handy and it's like, hey, um, I'll use myself as an example. Coach Jess told you you need to be looking at just a reminder. I see you're, you're popping the ball up a lot. Make sure we keep those hands up or just it, it, it helps basically parents give you some credibility. Like the kids will see that they're um, that you're paying attention, that you are learning. You're not just taking them somewhere and then um, expecting them to kind of do it on their own. <laughs> That's also a, an opportunity to really create a great relationship with your player, some bonding time. Um, and you can ask them like, hey, uh, ask them what they're supposed to be doing. Um, if you see they're not getting good like results on their hit, like, hey, um, why, why, why are you popping the ball up? I don't know how to help you right here. What, what are you supposed to be working on? So I know for you guys that have been following along with us, we talk a lot about communication and building relationships. And to me, it really is that simple. Like ask questions, get to know your kid, ask them what they're doing, what they're not doing, what they need to be doing. Um, and that, that'll help you as well. But another, another really important thing to mention with parents that are helping their kids at home is make sure everything is game speed. And what I mean by that is once they're they're warmed up and stretched and loose and ready to go, if we're working on hitting, then we're taking hacks. It's full cuts, full power, um, because it's really, really hard to help players make adjustments at game speed when they're practicing at like just like 50%. So um, when they're when everything's 
um, the same, the speed, the, the load, the hands, everything's the same. Then you can start fine tuning and looking for those little adjustments or little things. But um, if it's not game speed, then you're like, okay, well, why aren't you throwing the ball as hard or why isn't it going as far? Just, you don't know in that instance how to help them because it's already completely different than what you're used to seeing at a game or even at practices. So just making sure the parents at home, like you're encouraging them to go a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And then one that's, that builds muscle memory in itself, builds um, bat speed, power, strength, confidence. They're not going to go up to the plate, like, timid and scared to swing the bat because that's the only way that they practiced it right yeah and going back to your uh, credibility you know you know when you're you know the kids know you don't know um go be a sponge learn as much as you can but uh, also know that they they still understand that you really don't know even though you're still learning um so again reiterating the asking questions part you know uh don't frame it in a way of like barking orders and just repeating what their coach said, but ask them questions about what their coach said. See if they really understand what their coach said. If they can explain what their coach was trying to tell them to you, then they understand it. If they haven't a hard time explaining it to you, then maybe we need to go back to coach and get some more clarification, continue working on it. And one of the things that, especially for the, the, the younger ones that they might enjoy, um, something I used to do every once in a while with my daughter is I would do role reversal. I would tell her, okay, you're the coach. Tell me what to do. I'm going to take a swing. You fix it. Um, so if they can, you know, and, and knowing kind of knowing what I was doing, I would maybe, you know, drop my hands drastically so I could pop the ball up and see if she could identify what I was doing um, wrong so, and, and fix it. Um, but if you are listening to what that coach is saying and listening to the adjustments and picking up on, on what they're supposed to be learning, you can do the opposite and see if they can pick up on what it is that needs to be fixed and see if they are, if the, um, you know, what they're learning is clicking, if they're able to explain it to you. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on Heather. That's a good ad. And with that too, like it, it, they always say, if you can explain something to someone at like a first grade level, like an elementary level, then, and they get it, then you also truly like know what you're talking about, but Mm -hmm. same thing, like having them, either correct you while you're doing it or even like hey hands up what does that even mean can you show me can you show me what that looks like and what you're supposed to be doing because then if they show you and it's and it's what's also been said and reiterated through their coaching or through their lessons that also Mm -hmm. gives you the visual too it's like okay this is what I'm looking for and so again on the credibility point they've just showed you what it's supposed to look like so now they know you do know. And so from there on out, it's like, yeah. Hey, you, you told me you were supposed to have your hands up, but they're not up. Can we fix that? So, um, it's, it's, it's yeah. It's all about the, the communication and conversations and making sure that everyone, honestly, a part of it is speaking the same language, same keywords, same cues. Um, if you're a coach, like asking your players, like, Hey, this is, this is what makes sense to me. When I say like, don't drop your elbow. This is what you're doing. This is what it looks like. When I say that, does that make sense to you? Or is there a better way that we can say it to help you remember not to do this specific thing? So just making sure that not only muscle memory, but then also like the same language and communication style is just consistent across the board will also be really helpful. Um, a few things we talked about, like how to help your kids at home on quality over quantity. I don't want to get into too much specifics just because there's so many 
different things, like you said, that you could be working on. But when your players are at home working off the tee, um, just a couple of things to reiterate, always game speed. So swinging hard, swinging fast. Um, they should be in a strong athletic stance. Um, their hands should be above the ball at contact. So that means a slight downward angle with their bat. And then their eyes should always be down when they're making contact with the ball. And then I like to encourage players to keep their eyes down as they're finishing their swing. Um, again, this is specific to T, but it helps create good habits going into like live pitching. Um, so those are just a few things to help get you started working with your players at home. And then when they're throwing, making sure that they're getting sideways, they're getting rotational, um, they're, they don't have an open chest facing you, um, pushing the ball with minimal spin, minimal rotation. So um, those are just really good places to start. And then that gives you kind of a foundation on things to work on, things to look for. And then from there, like Heather said, if you don't know, find somebody that does know and that can help. And then... Um, and then just go get your player with them, be a sponge, write everything down. And then on that note too, it's okay if like you stick with them for a little while and it's just not working. Um, if you're not seeing results, if you want to change it up, if you want to try someone else. Um, I'm always a big, um, a big encourager of communication. Like, hey, what do we need? Like we're going to lessons. What do we need to be doing at home? How many times a week do we need to be working? Um, how many reps, like, do we need to get to get to the next level? And if you're going through working with someone for a few weeks and you're not seeing any improvement, first question you ask is, Hey, is it, is it the coach or is it my kid? Like not focused or not putting in quality reps. And then from there you can kind of make, um, make the call on if there's something, if you might want to be taking it like a different direction or something, um, that might work better for for your player. Um, Heather, let's jump over to coaches. So when we talk about coaches and their responsibility to help the girls grow and understand the game, um, not only obviously when you're playing it out at tournaments, but, and in games, but also, and specifically at practices, because I, I'm a big believer that you learn the game in practices and then you go play softball and you, you implement everything that you learn. So I think a bunch of value comes from a good efficient, like well-run practice. So coaches, first and foremost, when we're speaking to you guys on quality over, over quantity reps, um, have a plan, write it out, whether it's stations, scrimmaging, whatever it is that you want to work on for the day, write it out, put your girls in groups, um, and then make sure that your practices are both challenging and efficient. So um, we love stations. We love small groups, um, minimal standing around. This not only helps like kind of keep their attention, but you have built in breaks where you can tell them, hey, we're going to do this. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time doing this. I want to make sure we're focused. We're doing it right. And we're going to go get a break and move on to the next thing. Um, so being able to communicate that to the girls and, and then also making sure you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, even if it is a specific skill or a specific strategy or like softball scenario that you need to work on, there are hundreds of different ways that you can teach similar skills without having to go through like the mundane and boring drill over and over again, because you're going to lose players focus. And if you lose their focus, you're going to lose like their effort level. And if their effort level goes, then that's where quality starts becoming like it starts deteriorating. And then it's just going through the motions, which again is what we don't want. Um, Coaches, that's kind of where like the age appropriateness and the, and you have to, 
kind of consider the kids age and their attention spans and, and planning, you know, how long you can spend on a certain drill or type of drill or, you know, how, how you need to break up your water breaks or what have you to, in order to have appropriate expectations. You know, you can't expect your eight-year-olds to focus on a drill for 20 minutes. It's not going to happen. So if, if you can help them with that part, then they can, they should be able to follow suit and help you with the quality part. Yes, absolutely. And um, kind of like you were speaking to too, Heather, like one, save some time for the explanation. So speaking to like the quality over quantity. So you're going to meet them where they're at, if you will. I know you guys have heard us talking about that a little bit, um, but tell them what you want them to focus on. Show them how, how you want them to do it. Um, ask them if there are any questions or if they can confirm that they understand what is being asked of them and then ask them to show you how it, how it looks, how it needs to be done. So that's four different opportunities to meet them where they're at in terms of different learning styles or communication styles. So, um, saving some time to make sure during your practices, especially if you are introducing new skills or new drills, that you save some time for the explanations and the questions and the confirmation of understanding during those drills. Um, that's huge. And then again, goes back to building relationships and communication styles. Girls are encouraged to speak up, ask questions, um, talk about things that they don't know. And that's, again, going to build that trust with you as a coach as well. So making sure that just saying, again, you meet them where they're at in terms of teaching them and encouraging them to either do new skills or make adjustments that you may not be seeing um, over time or in games or anything like that. Right. And I know we've all heard the coach out there, you know, screaming at their kids for, you know, being sloppy or what have you, but, um, you know, that you really can't expect them to do anything properly if you haven't taught them properly. So that's where that taking time for the explanations and making sure that they can give you the quality you're asking for. Yes. And I, I actually want to jump into that. Cause I, I asked Heather a question the other day with our team specifically, and it was like, Hey, um, we, had, it was with our older group of girls and, um, we, it goes back to being coachable and just setting expectations and communication styles. And we were talking specifically to like high pitches and not even necessarily rise ball pitches at the time. It was just, Hey, we got to be disciplined. We got to lay off high pitches and it just wasn't happening. And I'm, I'm not speaking to like you and specifically that game. It was that game turned into the next game, turned into mm -hmm. a couple of tournaments at a time. And me as a coach, I was like, man, I'm saying it it's not clicking. We're not doing it. It's, it's costing us. How do I get through to them? And so if I, I asked Heather, I was like, Hey, basically check me for a little bit, like humble me. Like what, what are we missing? Why, why isn't this getting through to them? How do we get them to respond? And I, and I even asked, I was like, can I, do I make them run? Like to me, it was a, it was a coachability of following directions thing. And I was like, can I make them run? Because we've swung at about 47 balls above our eyeballs and we're just not making adjustments. We're not doing this. And Heather did a really good job. She was like, well, I don't think it's um, fair of us to punish them or make them run when we as coaches haven't spent a lot of time teaching them or educating them on how to be successful against high pitches and rise balls or how to be disciplined not to swing. And so I was like, okay, very fair point. 
um, let's meet them where they're at. So the next practice and next couple of practices, we worked on live hitting, which we typically don't spend a lot of time on as a team. We worked on rise balls. We worked on high pitches. So now we've spent extra time focusing, like we talked about on that one skill, talk, focusing on quality reps and focused reps over quantity and just having just tons of balls thrown at them with minimal results and then setting the bar for expectations on okay we've taught you how to do this we've shown you how to do this you've done this in practice now when we move forward into games this is how we approach like that particular skill against those particular pitchers Mm -hmm. right and that's going to go a long way not only for our success but um the, the, the players are going to respect us a whole lot more because we spent that ex, extra time and, you know, no one wants to play for a coach they don't respect. So making sure that they understand we've gone over everything, everybody is on the same page is going to go a long, long way. Yes. And oh, we've opened up lines for communications or questions. And then um, you just, uh, just again, creating an environment where it's safe to ask questions. It's safe to make mistakes and practices. Um, it's, it's safe for me as a coach to make um, errors in games because then it still is an opportunity to correct and coach and teach and, and do all of those things. Um, no, I don't think, well, I, I'm as a coach, I'm not expecting perfection, but I am expecting adjustments and, Um, I know with one of my teams this weekend, we talked a lot about that. Like, what is an adjustment? What is a fair amount of time to see an adjustment? Um, And how do we make sure that both as coaches and players and parents, we're setting those expectations and then everybody's working towards them for that like common result. Mm -hmm. So um, we talked, so again, this one's been, Uh, The intentional reps, uh, the purpose of quality reps over quantity reps. Um, Heather, did you have anything else that you wanted to add kind of throughout this conversation? Yeah, I'll just kind of close my thoughts with, uh, you know, anytime you practice, whether it's a team practice or you're going out putting an extra work by yourself. um, If you're if you want to kind of check that you've been intentional with with your practice, you should not only be physically drained, you know, appropriate for how much work you did that day. But also you should have a sort of an equal or, or congruent mental drain. Um, you know, if, if you were intentional, that's that connection between how your body's moving and how your brain is working and telling your body to move. If you've had an intentional practice, you'll not only be physically tired, but your brain should be a little drained and exa- exhausted too. So if you're, you know, not tired either way, well, that was probably not a good practice at all, but if we're just physically tired, then, you know check, check that you need to engage your brain a little more um, so that you can get that intentional practice going. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point too, because uh, just like we just talked about on working at home and and working on your own, every day is not going to be your day. Like you are going to have some slumps and some days where you're tired or you've got a bunch going on with school or family or, or you're just sad or whatever it is, but it's the ability to find a way to focus during those reps and during those, that, that time, and then the distraction and everything else that's going on, you can kind of circle back to those during your breaks or, or just at home or just somewhere else. But while you're there, softball is meant to be fun and escape anyway. So making sure that you're spending time and effort and focus on being intentional when it's asked of you. Um, And also knowing that like every day is not going to be your best day. So giving yourself some grace too. again, not expecting perfection. 
I like that. Good ad. All right, y'all. Well, we're uh, we're gonna get out of here. Um, thank you for joining us. It's been episode thirty-three, uh, quality over quantity for players, parents, and coaches. Uh, we hope everybody's staying cool, and um, we're about we're elbows deep into the the summer season. So, hope everybody's having some success on the field, and we've really enjoyed getting to visit and and speak softball to you guys. So, um, we'll keep the episodes coming. But if you have any Anything you'd like for us to talk about, questions, comments, concerns, um, things you don't agree with or agree with, or just anything in general, um, as you've heard me say, we can, I, I can talk softball all day. So um, be sure to message us on the website, www.fundamentalfastpitch.com, and we will do our best to make sure we're getting to all of these conversations and helping as many, as many families as we can. So um, with that, you guys take care, and we'll catch you on the next episode.